Is trucking ready for automatic wireless driver and vehicle inspections? Hi, I'm Jim Park. Welcome to this HDT Leadership Insights podcast. This episode is sponsored by and produced in partnership with Prepass. Wireless electronic inspections are touted as a way to increase the overall number of commercial vehicle inspections without tying up truck drivers or vehicle inspectors. The Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance added the Level 8 electronic inspection to its North American Standard Inspection Program back in 2017, but they've not yet been implemented. Apparently, there's still a lot of work to be done and concerns to be resolved before Level 8 inspections become reality. Steve Vaughn has been closely watching the development of the Level 8 Inspection Program. He's the Vice President of Field Operations at the Prepass Safety Alliance. He also knows a thing or two about the enforcement side of the business. He served nearly three decades with the California Highway Patrol, and he served a term as President of the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance between 2000 and 2001. Before I begin my conversation with Steve, remember to follow and connect with us on social media and subscribe to the Heavy Duty Trucking YouTube channel so you don't miss an episode of the HDT Leadership Insights Podcast or HDT Talks Trucking. Hi, Steve, and welcome to the audio version of the HDT Leadership Insights Podcast. Good to have you aboard, sir. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me aboard. The idea behind these electronic inspections is to speed up and streamline the collection of data passing uh, from trucks to the inspection station while the truck's in motion and without direct interaction from an enforcement officer. How does CVSA plan to make that happen? Well, I can't speak directly for CVSA, but I can say from the meetings I've attended and the literature they have put out, they're looking to increase the number of virtual sites where data may be collected. There's still a lot of things that need to be resolved in this approach. However, collecting necessary information from a vehicle regarding the driver and vehicle is certainly a good first step to improving safety. However, the key is to ensure that the system is not implemented until all the fine details are worked out. Uh, That seems to be one of the issues in the past, and an example would be the level eight inspections. Uh, They put the requirements in place, but there were things that needed to be done to actually make it happen. But serious discussions uh, involving all the stakeholders need to be conducted before implementing any new program. And I've heard from FMCSA and CVSA that they will be doing that in the near future. Just curious, uh, will the carrier or the driver be aware that they're quote unquote being inspected or will they get some kind of a notification or anything that this has happened? Great question, Jim. I don't know. (laughs) That really depends (laughs) on how the information is transferred and received. Uh, I would hope any solution would include the notification to the driver of the vehicle and also to the carrier itself. It's particularly true if there's a safety issue with the vehicle, such as an out-of-service violation. This is one of the fine details I was talking, referring to when I say all the details need to be worked out and put in place before implementing it. Well, yeah, I can imagine if there's an out-of-service issue or, or even some bit of the paperwork that's not uh, not up to speed, it would behoove the DOT to notify the carrier of that rather than letting them to uh, continue with the trip Absolutely. or get caught in another inspection. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Okay. Absolutely. Why is CVSA proposing to do these electronic inspections? Now, there's always a need for additional inspections to ensure compliance and to improve safety on our highways. As I'm sure you're aware, CMV enforcement personnel levels are down to several challenges for law enforcement in recent years, which include both recruitment problems, defunding of police, deployment of CMV personnel to other units or events as they occur. Uh, in addition, a very small percentage of trucks are actually uh, inspected when traveling down the road, well less than 5% by some estimate. So enforcement is simply trying to increase the number of inspections to ensure unsafe trucks are taken off the road. Can you make a connection between unsafe and non-compliant from a sort of registration or a, a paperwork sort of point of view? I know if you had a driver with an expired license, for example, that would be a violation, but it would, would, would it be necessarily unsafe? It may not be unsafe, but the, your question was, can I make a connection? And quite often what you will see if, if a carrier is slipping in some area, such as registration, uh, if the other credential type uh, scenarios, then what's also going to happen is the maintenance program may not be as strong as it should. The carriers that are on top okay. of it have a strong maintenance program, typically are doing all the credential aspects as well in a timely fashion. According to the CVSA's webpage describing these inspections, uh, they're going to be fishing for quite a bit of information from the truck. So just bear with me here while I read this list. It's It's right from CVSA's webpage, an electronic inspection must include a descriptive location, including GPS coordinates, electronic validation of who's operating the vehicle, appropriate driver's license class and endorsements uh, for, for the vehicle being operated, license status, valid medical examiner certificate and skill performance evaluation certificate, a current driver's record of duty status, hours of service compliance, the U.S. DOT number, the power unit registration, operating authority, unified carrier registration compliance, and federal out-of-service orders. <laughs> That's a lot of information. It's, it's easy to see why some of that data would come from the truck itself, but what about the driver credentials? Uh, are they going to need some kind of a smart CDL that can be you know, somehow put into the dashboard and read by the truck and, and transmitted over these, uh, this wireless system? Uh, I think what's going to happen is the ELD is the place to uh, get all that information entered and then transferred forward. Some of the information is already captured in the ELD, uh, electronic logging device. Um, but as, as they move forward with this process, they're going to have to identify what is not in there, what needs to be included. And when the programmer, programmers develop the software to actually make this happen, that will have to be included as, as part of the real-time information moving forward. Another option is, and, and it's not the best option, but as the information comes forward with just the basic driver information, real-time checks are actually run through federal or state systems. I think the best approach is to put it in the ELD itself. Yeah. It minimizes the uh, amount of effort that's going to be required on either side. Mm -hmm. Now, as for the truck itself, if uh, obviously 
license plates can change, ownership of the truck can change. It can be unregistered. Is there a mechanism at this point to capture the vehicle VIN number or some hard piece of identification that can't be changed or tempered with? Uh, yes, there's actually a movement to get a universal ID, and they call it UID. And that is something, there's been a great deal of discussion of what that should be. My opinion is the VIN is the best identifier for any particular vehicle, because that VIN is placed on the vehicle at the time of birth, if you will, and it stays with the vehicle until the time it's taken to the salvage yard. If there is a VIN change, it's properly recorded, but there are very few of those. So the VIN number would be the, the most logical. Mm -hmm. uh, it was included in a bill that did not pass recently. So I think FMCSA has recently put it on their uh, regulatory calendar for next year and may come out with a notice of preliminary rulemaking, or excuse me, this year, it's 22 already. So we may see something come out on that, and they'll be requesting some information on thoughts. But my opinion is the VIN's the best, but there are others out there that think other items should be used. Do you think this system will be capturing any information from the trailer as well? Well, that is a problem that we have today when we talk about autonomous vehicles, because when we're talking about the autonomous vehicles, what we're saying is the focus is on the tractor itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, the discussions have not extended to the trailers or the load itself. And those are both critical, in my opinion, in yeah. making sure that the vehicles are safe to travel on down the road. Well, I know there's some movement afoot at TMC now to try and address the tractor-trailer interface, um, some way of getting information from the trailer to the tractor. Presumably, if uh, that information is on a data bus of some sort, it could be hooked up to and transmitted from the tractor, but you still have to get it from the trailer to the tractor. Absolutely. And, and yeah. TMC is working on the technical aspects of it. ATA also has a sub uh, work group that's working on other aspects of, of the autonomous vehicle and how information should be transferred and what information should be transferred. And I actually have the opportunity to sit on that subcommittee. So we, we are making progress. CVSA also has a group that is working on autonomous vehicles as well. So as these three groups get information together, we will should see it all start to mesh and, and come together. Okay. Has anybody raised any concerns about privacy or the security of that information? Uh, presumably, if the DOT can read it off the truck, somebody else probably could too. Absolutely. With any transfer of information, security and privacy issues are always a concern. Uh, personal identification information, or PII, should not be included in these systems. So specific information about the driver will not be transferred in those, or should not be transferred in those. Again, these systems are have not been fully developed, but I imagine the PII will not be included. Uh, there are standard, standard security protocols which are used every day to help limit the loss of information that's transferred. Unfortunately, we see stories every day of systems being hacked, mm -hmm. and the reality is, is at, uh, and that's a reality of the times we live in. Uh, nevertheless, I am confident careful consideration of security and privacy issues will be discussed by all of these groups and others as we move forward. We sort of touched on this a little earlier, but 
What happens if, if something in the inspection comes up non-compliant? Um, would the driver be notified in cab to you know, pull into the nearest inspection station or pull over and wait for a police officer to approach the truck or anybody worked that out yet? <laughs> uh, it's an excellent question. I've asked it many times and there has not been a, an answer that, that uh, I've been satisfied with. But first off, you have to remember with the level eight inspection, the vehicle is still coming into the facility and the the inspector at the facility has the opportunity to pull it around. Mm -hmm. Um, With autonomous vehicles, uh, it's a little bit different. The current process, as I just talked, uh, spoke of is if there's a violation or an issue, the vehicle will be directed to automatically come into the facility. Um, however, there are many unresolved issues with the AVs as well. If, if we see this as part of the AV, as the requirements there move into traditional trucking with drivers somewhere in the future, um, you know, then we do need to make sure the driver is notified. However, some of those unresolved issues are what does the driver do? Do they pull over to the side of the road? Do they go to the next exit and park? What if they do if they don't stop? Is there additional liability to the carrier of the state? So there are a, a large number of unanswered questions that still need to be resolved with that. <laughs> this is all brand new. Uh, so I guess you're pretty much writing the playbook as we go, aren't we? Yes, sir, we yeah. are. What about mechanical or physical uh, the condition of the truck? Uh, on the video podcast, we talked a bit about brakes and emission systems and things that could be reported on. But uh, you talked about liability there just a second ago. If a truck goes by with some sort of a defect on it, like a breakout of adjustment, for example, that would impose some liability on somebody if it's not dealt with PDQ. Oh, absolutely. With the automated vehicles, the system is designed to have the vehicle come into the facility. Yeah. However, if we're talking about implementing something similar to the AV requirements on a uh, a truck moving down the road, um, then yes, it it needs to. Again, we need to define how is that vehicle going to be notified, and what are their requirements as far as pulling over. Liability is always a concern at the states. I worked for the state of California. And uh, usually the state governments are the big dog in the fight or the larger carriers are the ones they go after. And we've seen a lot of nuclear verdicts out there. And, and will this prompt more in the future? Uh, we don't know. Well, there's a good question. Uh, nuclear verdicts. Will this data now become property of the state and subpoenaable by plaintiff's attorneys? That that is an excellent question. I think it'll be it, it could be subpoenaed by by the plaintiffs' attorneys, both to the carrier or to the state. But one of the things you have to remember with the state, any information the state is holding uh, through a FOIA request can be obtained, mm-hmm. and that would include some of this enforcement. There are certain elements that does not have to be released, but for the most part, uh, yeah, that would be a concern or should be a concern for the carriers, that if all of this information is being brought forward, they are no longer in control. Uh, now the state has it to release it, or would it be involved, uh, used as part of a criminal investigation? Again, those are some of the details that need to be worked through. That'll be an interesting discussion. <laughs> yes, it will. 
Just a reminder, we're speaking with Steve Vaughn, the Vice President of Operations at PrePass Safety Alliance. Still to come on the podcast, Steve and I are going to look at some of the implications of electronic inspections for industry. This is HDT Leadership Insights. I'm Jim Park. This episode is sponsored by and produced in partnership with PrePass Safety Alliance. We're back with Steve Vaughn, the Vice President of Field Operations at PrePass Safety Alliance. Where is industry in all this? Uh, are, is the trucking industry generally in favor of this idea, do you think? Uh, industry is involved in the discussions as we're moving forward, and I think there's mixed reviews. Obviously, the portion of the industry building these systems um, are confident that their systems uh, can work and are encouraging further development and implementation. On the trucking side, I believe it's mixed as well. Many carriers have gone all in for new technologies and are very enthusiastic about this. Others are less and more concerned because of potential cost and the uncertainty of it all today. And I think what everyone has to recognize is this will happen. The question is when and how is it implemented? Well, cost is always a concern. Uh, I've never met a fleet yet that wasn't worried about pennies. You start adding a bunch of sensors to the trucks and transmission equipment and blah, blah, blah. I can't imagine it's going to add thousands of dollars to the price of a truck, but it'll certainly make a dent in the uh, in the cost of the thing. Oh, absolutely. And when you implement this type of system, are you going to make it a requirement of all vehicles manufactured after such and such a date? Or are carriers that are already or trucks that are already out there have to be retrofitted? Those are some unresolved questions as well. And there's not only the cost to the carriers, you're also looking at a cost to the states. They will have to put equipment out that will be able to read whatever information is being sent by the trucks and and then deal with it appropriately. Mm-hmm. This could increase the need for the number of uh, commercial vehicle enforcement personnel out on the roadway because there will be a great deal more information coming into them. Well, that's a, that's a tricky one. Yeah, where do you find the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, just a couple of questions here. Dive out into the weeds a little bit. Um, do you think carriers should or, or will they get credits for so-called good inspections going through with no violations? I know that's a big um, thing for them now at, uh, at roadside. Absolutely. Uh, you know, currently the safety management system or the SMS is the main system that collects data and evaluates the safety status for a carrier. When that was first developed, they established the buckets. And one of those buckets was inspections, roadside inspections. However, level eight was approved after that initial development. I don't know if FMCSA has modified to accept the system to accept level eight inspections. The other thing is uh, with AVs, it would be pretty much the same. That would have to be incorporated into that system to determine a, a safety uh, status for carriers. But the other thing is industry has been working to get credit for a clean inspection for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and initially it was known as the alternate compliance. And then in more recent years, it's been known as beyond compliance. Unfortunately, this discussion has been taking place for nearly 10 years, and we haven't seen much progress other than a name change. I believe uh, FMCSA brought a group together a number of years ago to study and make recommendations. However, to the best of my knowledge, no action has been taken on those recommendations. 
So I think that will have to come back up. I think carriers do deserve credit for a, a positive in- inspection to help them with their safety score if they so pass. Well, yeah, I guess to turn that upside down in a way, if you have a truck that's uh, running down Interstate 80, you know, between San Francisco and Chicago, how many times might that same load be inspected uh, electronically? Yeah, or, you know, every you know time it goes through a new state, it gets pinged. It may not get that number of inspections now as a, you know, a roadside inspection. So I could see where that might skew the number of positive inspections, you know, 10 per trip, for example, versus, you know, one maybe if you if you even got inspected on a trip back and forth between Chicago and San Francisco. I guess they'd have to sort of weight that somehow so that uh, they wouldn't be turning in hundreds and hundreds of good ones and just the odd bad one. You're absolutely correct, Jim. It would have to be weighted. We could develop an algorithm that took the number, it may be by day, it may be by week or trip, whatever that is going to be established. Again, those are some of the unresolved issues that need to be worked out before we implement anything. Sounds like a lot of unresolved issues here so far. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> it's been I, the I pipeline so. for five years and, and <laughs> you know, we're, I don't know. You said earlier on the video podcast that you expect this is still at least probably five years out before we start seeing it, you know, in in service out on the road. Maybe five years is a bit optimistic. Well, for the level eight, I think they're halfway there. So they can do the level eight in real real time, if you will. I think the automated vehicle portion of it is going to require more time. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, just public perception alone is going to be a challenge. We did an interview here on HDT Talks Trucking with uh, uh, Will Schaefer, um, one of the directors yes. of the enforcement programs at CVSA. Uh, that was a fascinating discussion because we we got into some of these questions on on what they're going to be looking for, how they're going to go about doing it. Uh, he didn't have all the answers. Now, like you said, this is still some years out, but uh, obviously there's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of stuff to sort out before this happens. Absolutely. Um, what else can be done with that data that comes off the truck? I mean, you know, we can obviously use it to update the carrier's safety profile and determine if they're running compliant or not, but has anybody considered any nefarious uses for it or, or uses that maybe the uh, the carriers might not want to happen? Uh, I think that's a real uh, possibility that we could see something like that. However, I think if we do this correctly, and when I say we, as I'm a part of a couple subgroups, I don't know how long I'll continue with that. But if the people putting this system together consider all of these things, they can build in safety, uh, safety guards to prevent some of that from happening. They can also make it clear, again, This I, I keep going back to it needs to be well-defined so that both sides are comfortable what's going to take place, what data is going to be collected, where it's going to be uh, stored, and how it's going to be used. And, the, and those are all questions that can and should be answered before any implementation takes place. Is it fair to ask you what this will do or what this means for prepass? Well, I think over the years, prepass has proven that we can adapt to changes in the motor carrier industry and the safety industry. So as this continues, we may be required to change some of our business rules. We may be required to look at new technologies and expand beyond uh, what we know prepass 
is today. Uh, but again, I'm comfortable with that because I've been fortunate to be with PrePass for nearly 23 years now in different capacity as someone working in the state, then as a consultant and now as vice president of field operations. And I'm very proud of the way that we've changed over the years and, and have moved forward, keeping one mission in mind, and that is safety. So new technologies are going to make our highways safety safer. And I think PrePass will be a part of that as we move forward. Okay. Well, I hope it works out that way. Um, I know PrePass is a pretty popular option for a lot of carriers and does provide an awful lot of benefit. Uh, and I think these uh, these plans we've been talking about here for the past 20 minutes or so also offer uh, a way to improve safety and make our highway safer for everybody, despite the probably hurdles we have to go through to get there. Uh, so thanks for telling us about it. I, I really appreciate your insight on that, Steve. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, talk to you today. I've been speaking with Steve Vaughn. He's the Vice President of Field Operations at PrePass Safety Alliance. You can catch a shorter video version of this interview with Steve on our YouTube channel, Heavy Duty Trucking. As always, remember to follow and connect with us on social media and subscribe to HDT Talks Trucking on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast. HDT is published by Bobbitt Business Media. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for listening.